rod man. Yeah, I'm a hot rod man. Look out, little mama. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, and that is Tex Rubinowitz from Ripsaw Records, and he's the hot rod man. I tell you that every week because we are like bacon and eggs together, hot rod farmer and hot rod man. So hopefully, God willing, everything is going well for you in your life and in your operation. We had our first snow of any consequence this, this last weekend, and it was about, I guess, eight or nine inches here on the farm. Not too bad. And uh, had some ice in between. But uh, I'm not going to say it was welcomed. Uh, but it could have been worse, right? So I'm not much of a snow guy anymore. When I was a young man, I loved the snow. But now that you have to go out and plow it or shovel it, or and, if you, and everybody who has animals knows that it makes it very, very difficult. But the good Lord made it, and there is a reason for it, so we will be grateful for it, right? And I know in some areas of the country that the snow is such a blessing because of the drought and, uh, and the, the how continuously dry it has been. So I will send you all of our snow. And we're supposed to get... Uh, three to four inches of rain on top of it, uh, but the temperature is going to warm up into the 40, so that shouldn't be too bad. And it is what it is, right? A friend of mine said that his wife says that to him. I said, well, it is what it is. What are you going to do? It is what it is, right? We have to be grateful for whatever comes our way because the scriptures tell us that we have to be grateful because that is the Lord's will in our life in Christ Jesus. And oftentimes that is very hard to contend with and it's very hard to accept, but if you put in a proper perspective and trust in the Lord, then you will see that you just uh, be grateful for it. And oftentimes we don't see that gratefulness, or we don't recognize what a blessing something is until down the road, whether it could be an hour later or 10 years later. But there is all a master plan. And uh, let me see what else is going on here. Nothing too much. We're into the farm show season, the uh, the uh, growers meetings, right? So I'm looking forward to all of that. I'm going to be attending a PTI precision plant. I think they call I call precision planting, but I think they call precision technologies or something. That's a part of Agco, and I'm going to be attending uh, a workshop that they're having. Well, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually going to drive down the night before and stay overnight because uh, it's just a little bit, it's not that far, but from New Jersey, eastern Pennsylvania, it is far. So it's about three hours, and if the class starts at 8 o'clock, I'd have to leave the farm at 5 and stop get breakfast, so it means I have to leave at 4. doesn't pay. And this time of year, the weather is precarious going that way down through the mountains. So you could hit some ice or hit something, and it's going to slow it all down. So that is basically that. And let me see what else is going on here. Nothing too much. What we're going to be talking about on today's episode is energy, right? Because energy, no matter what type of energy it is, whether it's diesel fuel, whether it's propane, whether it's natural gas, is a big expense for people in the fa- on the farm and on the ranch but specifically on the farm drying grain or heating your house or heating a barn or heating a machinery shed so we're going to discuss that today i'm going to take a different look at 
energy so that you could understand what you're exactly paying for because oftentimes we don't know what we are paying for and that is not good so just like in agriculture a bushel of corn is 60 pounds but a bushel of soybeans is 56 pounds excuse me i have that backwards a bushel of corn is 56 pounds and a bushel of soybeans is 60 pounds that the same thing happens when you're buying energy there's btu there's therms there's gallons there's uh, cubic feet of natural gas so it gets very very consuming and consuming very very confusing and we are going to break through that confusion right after this short sponsor break but never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits especially with energy on reliability Hey, this is Conan O'Brien. Check out my channel, Conan O'Brien Radio, on Sirius XM 104. You'll find my delightful Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, highlights from my late night shows, showcasing some of the most absurd and hilarious moments from my decades on television. Come on, everyone, settle down. This is a serious TV show. Plus, dive deep into 28 years of late night memories and behind the scenes with, with Inside, Inside Conan. Conan. Conan O'Brien Radio, only on Sirius XM Channel 104. Or listen with the Sirius XM app. I'm Mark Oppold with an American Agriculture History Minute brought to you by AgriLiquid. Be sure your crop nutrition plan is ready to go next spring with ProGerminator. It promotes exceptional growth early on so plants flourish all season long. Visit AgriLiquid.com. During the Civil War, wheat prices were higher. Many producers planted more wheat. With the end of the war, the bottom dropped out of wheat prices, and in older fields, wheat yields grew poor. Pests like grasshoppers, cinch bugs attacked the wheat, destroying whole crops in some cases. For many producers, it was a signal to put their energy into corn and livestock, and they realized they could make more money on corn, particularly when faced with competition as wheat continued to expand Nebraska, Kansas, and beyond. That's today's American Agriculture History Minute. I'm Mark Oppold. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. Everybody, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Thank you for joining me, even if you're jumping into the show now. If you're jumping in right now, then what we're going to be talking about is energy, all different types of energy and the units that it is measured in or sold in and how many BTU each unit produces. So that's very, very important, right? So just like we would say bushels of corn yield per acre, we have to deal with BTU, which stands for British thermal unit. So this is going to be a little bit of a tutorial, and we're not going to waste any time because we have a lot to cover, and we are going to get into it. All right, so the abbreviation for BTU is capital B, T-U, and it's not pluralized because it's British thermal units. So the S is on the units. It's not so it's not BTUs, it's BTU. So if you're buying an air conditioner and it's twenty thousand BTU, it is not 
20,000 BTUs. All right, so a little bit of uh, semantics there, <clears throat> beating you with that. All righty, so what is a British thermal unit? So a British thermal unit is a measure of the heat content of fuel or energy sources. So we have we have BTU content of fuels, and we have BTU content of energy sources. So you could say that's a, a, a hundred thousand BTU boiler. All right. So, and then we could say that a gallon of gasoline has so much BTU in it. One BTU is the quantity. I'm going to speak slowly, so you could un, so you could soak this in. One BTU is the quantity of heat required to raise the temperature of one pound of liquid water by one degree Fahrenheit at the temperature that the water has its greatest density, which is approximately 39 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's the amount of energy required to raise 39 degree degree temperature water Fahrenheit, one degree, one pound of water. (coughs) Excuse me. So that is what a BTU is. To give a little perspective of that, one BTU is approximately equal to the energy released by burning a match. An old match, right? Wooden match. Remember, you used to have the strike anywhere matches? I used to like those. You could strike them anywhere and uh, they would light and they got, I guess there was too many pyromaniacs and they outlawed them. All right. So the temperature is, it's one, it's how much energy to measure, to raise it one degree, a pound of water, one degree with a starting point of 39 degrees Fahrenheit, because that is, has been determined. It is when water is the densest, because remember that liquids, even though we don't see the expansion, sometimes you will, right? If you're filling up a fuel tank and it's cold and you put it then into a warm building, you see the fuel start to raise in the tank and maybe come out the vent, right? So, so liquids expand and contract with temperature. They contract with lower temperature and they expand with higher temperature. Alrighty, so that is what a BTU. So everything is going to be based upon BTU. But what I want to discuss first is a practical application. So let's say that you want to air condition your farm shop. So you have the farm shop heated, but you want to air condition the farm shop, and you call a contractor in, and he starts to talk to you, and he says, okay, we, we're going to need so many tons of air conditioner. And as I said in the opening segment, that in so many industries that they use terms that they assume that the public, which is the consumer, understands, but they do not understand. Just like if you have a roof on a house, you have a roof put on the house, the guy's saying he needs so much in the, the metric that they use to so many squares for the shingles. Well, what's a square, right? The, the consumer doesn't know what a square is. All right, so it's very important for us to understand what we are buying. Not that anybody is going to be devious, all right? But you have to understand it. So, <clears throat> if you can, if you were selling when you're selling your crop, or you're selling your milk, if you're a dairy farmer, it's by the 100 weight. It's not by the ounce. It's not by the gallon. So, as a as a as a segue <clears throat> into this, so you're going to air condition your shop, and the and the and the contractor comes and says, "Hey, Ray, we need 60 tons of air conditioner." So you're going, 60 tons of air conditioner. What is that? All right. 
So is a unit weigh 60 tons? Oh my God, that's some crane. We're going to need to get it here. No, no, no. All right. So I'm using that as a segue into everything else. So one ton of air conditioning is equal to 12,000 BTUs. So if you were to buy 10 tons of air conditioning to cool off your machinery shed, then that would be approximately 120,000 BTU of air conditioning. So that is so for one ton is 12,000 BTU. So now where did they get the term ton from? All right, the way where they got it from, it is called a ton since it is the it, it it is the removal because what is an air conditioner doing it's cooling the air it's removing the heat it's the removal of enough heat to melt one ton block of ice in an hour so i'm going to repeat that i'll say it to you again it's so a ton it's called a ton of air conditioning because it has the ability to remove enough heat to melt a one ton block of ice in one hour so that is the metric that the industry uses not that you're going to go put ice in the shelf in in the shop and melt it but when you are buying large-scale air conditioning central air conditioning for a building or for a house or for a barn then you have to realize that a ton is equivalent to 12,000 BTU all righty so without any further ado we're going to get into our energy here and all right and we're going to do these are very simple btu conversion facts i'm not going to go crazy with it it's just so that you could become an educated consumer so electricity which that's confusing all right but we're going to start there electricity one kilowatt is equal to three thousand four hundred and twelve btu and this would be much better <clears throat> if we were doing this in a seminar or in a classroom where I could write this on the board. So I'll make sure I repeat all the numbers so you can make sense of it. And don't try to remember the numbers. Remember the concept. All right. So now, so one kilowatt and kilo being thousand. So 1000 watts of energy is equal to one, excuse me, 3412 BTU. And then I'm going to put this all together, possibly in a second segment. I don't think I'll get it done this, this, in this segment. All right, natural gas. Now, one cubic foot of natural gas. If you have a natural gas coming into your farm, they usually have a meter that's hooked up to as a cubic foot. So one cubic foot of natural gas is equal to approximately 1,036 BTU. But if you look on the Chicago Board of Exchange or the Wall Street Journal, they don't sell natural gas by the cubic foot, but that's where it gets confusing because it's marketed one way but sold to you another way, all right? So it's like a shell game. They don't want you to know what you're really buying. They Usually it's called a therm, T-H-E-R-M. So one therm of natural gas is 100,000 BTU. So if you look on the on the commodities exchange and it says it's so much a therm that's a nat- it's enough natural gas to create 100,000 BTU. All right, sticking with gas, propane. 1 gallon of propane 
is approximately 91,452 BTU, and a gallon of propane weighs about four and a quarter pounds. So that's why when you go pick up your barbecue grill, right, tank, and you get it filled, they'll put it on a scale and weigh it, because a gallon of propane is around 4.25 pounds, whereas a gallon of gasoline is closer to eight pounds. Okay, so propane, 91,452 BTU per gallon. Yes, diesel fuel, all right, is approximately 137,381 BTU per gallon. Gasoline, E0, which is no ethanol, is around 120,214 BTU per gallon. E10 is around 7 or 8,000 BTU less, so say around 110 to 112,000 BTU per gallon. And then one uh, one gallon of heating oil, which you say, that's the same thing, hot rod, well, it usually has a little bit different additives in it, all right? So one gallon of heating oil is equivalent to approximately 138,500 BTU of energy so this is very important for you to understand this concept that every fuel does not have the same energy content <clears throat> and uh, it is important for you to recognize this when you're when you're looking to make a purchase of some equipment so sit pat during the quick quick sponsor break and we're going to finish this up as soon as we come back Get more from your go-to station on Sirius XM Channel 147 by following us on social media at Rural Radio 147. Stay connected, stay informed, and be a part of the rural lifestyle. Search for Rural Radio 147 on your favorite social platforms and follow us today. Listen in and be a part of the discussion on Rural Radio, your agribusiness and western lifestyle channel, right here on Sirius XM. Hi, I'm Bob Phillips. And I'm Kelly Phillips. And we've been lucky enough to have spent more than 50 years winding up and down the back roads of Texas. It's been an incredible journey. And from the hidden gems to the passionate people, we've seen it all and don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So why don't you hop in and travel with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio. Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. Tune in to Rural Evening News on Rural Radio, where we walk you through the headlines of the day surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. It's an unbiased take on what's happening, so you can focus on growing the best crop. Rural Evening News, weeknight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. When the work is done and it's time to relax, that's where you come around the bend with me, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, the host of The Bend Radio Show. Each week, we bring you the stories from the trail that you just don't hear anywhere else, from Western lifestyle and entertainment and rodeo to stalking the trophy deer to climbing in the kayak and even some campfire cuisine. Come around the bend Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time each week on Real Radio Channel 147. 
All righty, welcome back to the show. Now, I'm going to give you some current pricing for New Jersey. Now, energy prices are very volatile, specifically anything that's, that's traded on the commodity exchange. So this is what we have here in New Jersey, just using as an indicator. Okay, electricity. And we have JCPNL, which is part of First Energy, and it's 14 cents per kilowatt hour. So that means if you had something plugged in, that used 1,000 watts for an hour, all right, it would cost you 14 cents to run it. So keep that in mind as we get, and that would be equivalent of 3,412 BTU worth of heat energy. Natural gas currently is 55 cents per therm. So that's 55 cents per 100,000 BTU. By far and away, as we go down this list, natural gas, even if the price doubles or triples, is still currently the most cost-effective way to heat anything, all right, or to, to, produ- to produce heat. Okay, propane is $3.43 a gallon. Heating oil currently is $4.32 a gallon. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they told me what they paid for propane. I told them what they paid for, what I paid for heating. I said, oh, you're crazy, right? Because the propane is cheaper. But keep in mind, and this is what I want to drill home, and the show is short. Keep in mind that you have to do the math. So if you were looking, let's say you were going to look to put a propane heating system in or a, a, a a heating oil system, a boiler in your shop or something, it would take 1.52 gallons of propane. So say one and a half for easy arithmetic, all right, to produce the amount of BTU and energy that one gallon of heating oil would. So that price of the propane has to be multiplied by 1.52 to make it equivalent to a gallon of heating oil. All righty. Now, a gallon of E10 gasoline retail in New Jersey is $3.07 a gallon. This is off the average, and that's approximately 113,000 BTU. That's easy, right? 113,000 BTU. And a gallon of diesel or a diesel fuel is around 138,000 BTU, and that is $4.08. So let's put some practical application to this and then you take this and extrapolate it out when you're looking to do something on your farm so let's first start with a grain dryer i'm not there's all different types of grain dryers but if you have the opportunity if there's a natural gas line running in front of your farm and you're going to invest in a grain drying system and these have either could be natural gas or it could be propane <clears throat> and then you call the contractor and he says it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars to put a natural gas line i'm making big numbers here all right just keep in mind that it's only 55 cents per therm that's a hundred thousand btu versus three dollars and 43 cents currently here in new jersey for ninety one thousand btu so a grain bin and a grain dryer is a long-term investment. And you could talk to your gra- the company that, that you're 
uh, that you're considering buying the grain bin dryer and see how efficient it is. So yes, it, it, it's, it's, it's ouch. You want to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars to run natural gas into it if it's if it's right on the main road, but. The fact of the matter is that it would be so, this is a long-term investment, it would be so much cheaper, less expensive per bushel for each point of moisture you're going to take out of that corn or whatever grain it may be. I keep defaulting to corn because I raise corn, but sweet corn. So you figure it's going to, it would cost you about $3.60 for a gallon of propane to get a hundred thousand BTU with fifty-five cents for natural gas, so the, the rule of thumb, it's four times to six times more expensive to power something from propane than it would be natural gas. So now let's say that you want to put a little electric heater in someplace, <clears throat> right? And the electric heater is two thousand watts. So an electric heater of two thousand watts. So a a uh, one kilowatt of energy of electricity is 3,412 BTU. So an electric heater of 2,000 watts would be 6,824 BTU. So if you figured you need 6,800 BTU here, right, and you're paying 14 cents per kilowatt hour, like in New Jersey, so 14 cents per kilowatt, so it means 1,000 watts for four, for one hour consumption, all right, that that would cost you 28 cents an hour to run that heater, which would be approximately, if you ran that heater 24 hours a day because you have no heat, you're heating this room, whatever it may be, all right? And you could do this math. You're going to run it 10 hours a day, 5 hours a day, whatever it is. Very, very simple math. You don't have to nail it right on the head, all right? So it would cost you approximately $7 a day to run that heater, all right? And this is where people get into trouble. Oh, how much could it be? They plug it into the wall, the Mickey Mouse little heater, right? So if you ran that 24 hours a day for 30 days for a month, for whatever reason it may be, all right, or it's in a bedroom, it has no heat, what have you, it would cost you approximately $202 a month to run that heater 24 hours a day at 14 cents a kilowatt hour. So it's very, very, very important for you to understand how energy is being sold to you. You have to be an educated consumer and you and and if and you may say to yourself, well, I don't use much of this, I don't use much of that, then it's not going to be a big deal. But if you're drying grain, if you're heating if you're heating or cooling and <clears throat> a machinery shed, a house, a room, or what have you, you have to take this into, into account. And this way, by understanding what you're paying for, what the units are, how much BTU is in is being produced by that fuel, you could do the math. So it may pay for you, let's say if you were air conditioning something, to put a more efficient air conditioner in, or you were heating something, say, well, I'm going to spend a couple of thousand dollars on insulation in the building, because if I insulate this building, then I could get the amount of BTU you're going to need to heat a given area is going to be the same, but you're going to over, you're going to use less fuel over time because the, you're not you're not heating Iowa, right? You're heating your particular building. And you really have to look at the numbers. It's and and it's so con- and it's very confusing when you first look at it because there's terms, there's BTU, there's this kilowatt hours. But hopefully, God willing, this show made some sense to you. 
with this. And all of these numbers, you could look you could look up your local prices on the internet or what have you. But it's very, very important. <clears throat> I'm repeating it once more. It's very, very important for you to become an educated consumer. Yes, you're, you're putting your efforts into doing the farm properly, the crops, the animals, the livestock, but you have to be an educated consumer. So I want to thank you so much for listening, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and you can reach out to me at, at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. Commodity markets watching demand slump and Brazilian weather conditions. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. Well, the commodity markets are paying attention to a couple of key factors influencing price movement, according to Joe Vaklovic, founder and president of Standard Grain. He says the two things that traders are watching is Brazilian weather and a lack of demand. He says the demand drop-off begins with China. I think there's some issues with China. China's the biggest soybean buyer, and their crush margins are negative. So the, the crushers who crush beans in China aren't making money. Brazil, even though they have crop problems, supposedly, they're still cheaper than we are on the export market. Beans landed in China anyways, which is the one that really matters. So you're seeing weak demand. You could probably say the same thing for corn to maybe a little bit lesser extent. The export book there has actually improved a little bit. It just hasn't been enough to rally the market by any stretch. Again, that's comments with Joe Vaklovic, founder and president of Standard Grain. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen reporting. Live when the markets are open, Market Day Report delivers the agribusiness news, weather, and markets of the day from across the world, covering what's important to you and your farm, including instant updates on prices that impact your bottom line. You voted RFD-TV is the most trusted source of farm market information for producers. Stream Market Day Report on RFD-TV now or tune in Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on RFD-TV. Hey, y'all know me. It's Jeff Ticker Earhart. We talk the cow stuff, the all-new cattle battles. We'll throw some rodeo action in there from time to time. Markets, everything in between. Ranch it up every Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Fortune from the Statler Brothers. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.